Are you ready for some high adventure? Coming up next on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Once again, Decoder Ring Theater presents another page from the casebook of that master of mystery, that sultan of sleuthing, Martin Bracknell's immortal detective, Black Jack Justice, starring Christopher Mott as Jack and Andrea Lyons as Trixie Dixon, girl detective. The name's Dixon. Trixie Dixon, girl detective. No one would mistake my line of work for that of a fairy princess, that's for sure. It's cheap, it's nasty, it's lurid, and those are its more redeeming qualities. A girl detective will often have entire professional relationships with individuals whose eyes never rise above her neckline, even if she's got a face that's worth looking at. And I certainly do have that, even if I do say so myself. Of course, the alternate view is also a pretty spectacular landscape, so I certainly see their point. But is a little middle ground too much to ask? I digress ever so slightly. I am known to do that upon occasion. But the point is that the job is nasty, the environment leaves something to be desired, and the people are the pits. But that is not what distinguishes your girl detective from your fairy tale godmother type. What differs most between myself and the aforementioned pixie dust spreading menaces to society is that my job is not to make dreams come true. In fact, my job is often the exact opposite. Unless your dream happens to be learning that your husband of 22 years is not only having an affair with his enthusiastic secretary and a dental hygienist, but is also married to another woman who lives in Batavia, New York with his other family that you never knew anything about. That's my average day, and it doesn't get me down at all. Though it's just possible that is a side effect of the booze. In case you haven't guessed, I've been having kind of a lousy week, and if I couldn't make somebody else's dream come true... And before you ask, your steamy windshield fantasies do not count as dreams, but thank you for asking. If I could not make the dreams of others come true, it would be nice if someone would do something about mine. And then the door opened, and wonder of wonders, somebody really did try. He really did. Excuse me, is this Jack Justice Investigations? Why, yes it is. Come in, my good man. Wait. Wait? Wait. No, it isn't. It isn't? Isn't what? Jack Justice Investigations. Why, yes it is. Come in, my good man. Wait! Uh, again? Something is throwing off our rhythm here. Would you allow me to confer with my associate a moment? Of course. Thank you. What's your problem? This isn't Jack Justice Investigations. Wait, who am I then? With the door open as it is, the letters are surprisingly easy to read. You mean those letters are backwards? I always assumed they were Greek. Please forgive him, sir. He's an idiot. I understand. The fact of the matter is, this isn't Jack Justice Investigations and has not been in a number of years. It isn't? Wait. I get it now. This is the firm of Justice and Dixon, as it clearly states upon the door. Whoops. My apologies. Sorry to disturb you. Wait. Everyone's an idiot except me. You'll be back. Pardon me again. But is the Justice in Justice and Dixon Jack Justice at all? He is indeed, and so am I. Won't you please come in, Mr... Earlmaker. Frank Earlmaker. Well, you seem to be in more dire need of a nickname than any man I have ever known. Uh, what do you do, Mr. Earlmaker? I am a criminal. And an excellent one you must be. Please sit down. 
Thank you. This is my associate, Miss Dixon. Trixie, please. Charmed, I'm sure. Well, Frank the generic criminal, how can we help you? I wish for you to assist me with some collections. We can probably do that. Collecting on a bounty of sorts. Well, we have some experience in this area. More of a price on somebody's head, actually. Well, yeah, I got nothing there. Just out of curiosity, and bearing in mind that I am committing us to nothing, as this falls outside of a range of services which we normally provide, but just out of curiosity, upon whose head is this price which you wish to collect, Mr... Frank? Yours. Mine. Yours. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I, I think I have the vapors. <laughs> is it warm in here? Are you all right? All right. <laughs> I'm so happy I could cry. <laughs> Is she for real? Opinions vary. Can I get you something, Mr. Worldmaker? A throw pillow? Some French toast? A copy of the Magna Carta? Well, I don't Can think we that... return to the subject at hand ever so slightly? There is no need for the hardware, Mr. Justice. I, I come in peace. Yes, but the next one through that door might not, and I like to have a lot of guns lying around. You can never find a gun when you're angry. I'd like that tattooed on my thigh. Oh, what does that mean? What does any of this mean? Don't get existential, Mr. Oral maker. Just let me confirm for the record that you do not actually intend to shoot my associate right here in the office. Because I just swept up. The hell you did? I did. You moved the table for me, don't you remember? That was two and a half years ago. Uh, nuance at best. It bothers me that this is what we choose to focus on just now. I'm sure. Would anyone like a drink? Because I'm having one. I'm fine, thanks. I could have a scotch and soda. Do you have ice? No. We also do not have scotch or soda. We have grain alcohol and a fairly clean glass. You know what? I'm all right. Well, I wouldn't have said so, but perhaps this will persuade me otherwise. Frank, Trixie, before I shoot you both dead... He wants us to focus. I want you to focus. This is a most extraordinary claim, Mr. Frank. If it is true, one wonders why you are sitting in the client chair instead of coming in guns blazing. Oh, I am not a shooter, Mr. Justice. I don't really do guns. I mean, I am familiar with the operation of such a device. I carry one from time to time. But shooting is a very specific discipline, and one for which my temperament is ill-suited. Which leaves one to wonder how you came into this contract. Let me be clear... I have not been specifically engaged on a contract of any kind. This is not like that. Then what is it like? I do some occasional work on a freelance basis for a certain intermediary, a middleman of the industry, if you will, a sort of employment brokerage for persons in my line of work who are not associated with any of the city's... Major organization. You work for Eddie Chan. I see you have a general idea of how the business works. I dabble. Then you ought to know that nobody works for Eddie Chan. Not really. Guys that have a job that needs doing come to Eddie, and he passes it along for a percentage. He finds a crew or a particular skill set, or in this case, he holds a posted reward until it can be claimed, in this case through the death of one Jack Justice. Only one? Because it really does pay to be thorough. Trixie. Oh, my great-aunt Fanny's gout, you are sensitive today. 
Please put Princess Penelope's mind at ease and tell him who has put a price on his head. Well, that's just it. I, I don't know. Nobody knows. Somebody knows. Yes, but that is not germane to my case. Germane to my... Who is buying thesauruses for the entire criminal underground? That is what I would like to know. Trixie. Yes, fine. Would anyone like a repair? You're the only one drinking. Well, would you look at that? It, it works like this, see? The first one in the door at Eddie Chan's with a verifiable claim to have killed Jack Justice walks out with the boodle. And I would like it to be me. That isn't going to work out that well for you. Please allow me to finish. I have no wish to actually do the deed. As I say, it's not work for which I am well inclined. Nor do I possess the necessary temperament. You just want old Squarejaw to fake his own death. What? That was the general idea, yes. You take a dive and lay low, I collect the bounty, and in exchange for such consideration, I will cut you in for, say, 30%. 65. Trixie! 50-50. In exchange for which, you agree to stay dead for at least two weeks. 48 hours. Am I even still here? That's the spirit. Now, Frank, you do know that Eddie Chan will have you rubbed out on general principles when your hijinks are discovered. I do. But by that time, I will be long gone. You see, I kind of messed up on another job, and it would be best if I got somewhere very far away and hid under a bed. Forever. This payday will finance my escape. How much? I beg your pardon? How much? The payday. Ah, yeah, I see your point, yes. Twenty-five. Twenty-five grand is a pretty high-style getaway. No, you misunderstand. It ain't 25,000. It's 2,500. Five grand? The bounty on my head is a lousy five grand. No, you uh, misunderstand once again. That ain't the split. That's the whole job. Your end is 1250. <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> that, that's not being so funny. surprised that isn't dollars and cents. This isn't funny. <laughs> no. <laughs> you ask anybody. <laughs> this is funny. Frank, is this funny? <laughs> now that you mention it, this is a little funny, yeah. You stay out of this. <laughs> Jack Justice, the lander jawed hero with the bargain basement price on his <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Make me. <laughs> Look at this. Your head is marked down so far, Frank isn't even interested in the job. <laughs> He just, he, he wants to rip off Eddie Chan and run away like a little girl. Okay, now this is starting to get a little personal. Starting? I think maybe this was not a great idea. Sit down, Frank. If it's all the same to you, I think that sit I will... Sit down! Just sit down right here. Yes, I will. Why are you taking this seriously? They'll never get a real gunman for that little money. It's little money for a gunman. It's enough money for a man with a gun... What's the difference? Do you have a gun? Yeah, sometimes. That's the difference. You are not very nice. She, she is not very nice. She has other redeeming features. Really? I've never seen them myself, but they loom large in her legend. Shut up. And also, I hate you. We've got to get moving. You should have another drink. That is an excellent idea. Where are we going? We're going to find out who put a price on my head and persuade them to remove it. Why in God's name would I want to do that? You don't. That's why I'm getting you drunk. Well, history suggests that might actually work, actually. 
What do you need me for? For protection? Not for me. For Frank. Why do I need protecting? I thought someone had it out for you. You messed up a job. Yeah, I did that. I did that bad. Who for? I would rather not say... Who for? Nikolai Kozar. <laughs> Kozar? <laughs> you ticked off the little czar? <laughs> I did that, yeah. Uh, this is what creates the need to rip off Eddie Chan as well. These things kind of snowball, don't they? You have lovely eyes. What? Ignore her. Unless she is pointing a gun at you. Then do whatever she says. Whatever I says. Stop drinking now. I'd like to see you try. What? Never mind. Everyone get your hats. Where are we going? To see Nikolai Kozar. Kozar? Why in God's name would I want to do that? Because if you don't, I will shoot you in the face. I regret any number of the choices that I have made today. Said everyone we ever met. Ever. You are listening to Blackjack Justice from DecoderRingTheater.com. Jack made a quick call to Sabian, who then personally drove to the hospital to stand watch over Jack's wife while we could get this sorted out, just in case. Sabian was very fond of Dot, in his usual strangely paternal way. I asked him once why the fact that none of us were all that much younger than him did not prevent him from acting like our sour-faced, gun-toting dad at the drop of a hat, and he replied that it was easy, because we were all mental and emotional infants. It's probably true, but he still shouldn't say it. In any event, Dot was looked after, which left Jack at his cold and calculating best, which is really how you want him if there are going to be bullets flying around, but if you ever tell him that I said that, I will personally bite your nose off. I guess word spread fast among the bottom feeders that might consider Jack's pitiful bounty to be worth risking a life sentence in an electric chair. The first shooter came after us as we walked Frank the Terrible Criminal down the stairs from the office. And I use the term loosely at best. Among folks who do this kind of thing professionally, shooter is like a union designation, meaning master craftsman. This was a cheap hood with a thirty-eight burning a hole in his pocket. He was more of a gunsole than a pro, and yes, I know what that word really means, and yes, I know the story about how they snuck it past the censors in that Bogart film. We continued to use it because Jack loves that movie, and I find the whole story hilarious, thank you for asking. Anyway, Jack shot that one in the hip, and he howled like a pig as he fell. I thoughtfully removed his pistol, telling him that he could have it back at the end of the semester. Frank just blinked in terror at the ruthless efficiency of it all, as well he might, and we trundled on at a brisk pace. There was one waiting for us in the lobby, with a gun behind a newspaper. Jack shot him in the foot in an apparent case of misguided mercy, for which the young man did not appear as grateful as you might think. We opened the front door and were greeted by the sight of four middle-aged men in identical grey coats stepping from a car across the road together like a Busby Berkeley number. Seriously. Four. Splitting a $2,500 bounty. Apparently, prosperity was an unevenly applied proposition in certain quarters. Anyway, when they started flashing pistols, which was way too soon, Jack shot one, and I shot another just because I could, and the other two ran off shrieking, along with everyone else on the street. Our neighbors hate us. It was surprisingly difficult to get a taxicab after that, so we decided to risk starting my car, which did not actually explode and went to see Nikolai Kozar, who ran one of the more up-and-coming mobs in the city. Jack left me in the car with the now-simpering Mr. Oolmaker and went in to pay his respects. 
Jack Justice. This is an unexpected pleasure. Thank you for seeing me, Mr. Kozar. How is Miss Dixon? She's fine, sir. She sends her regards. I'm sure she does not. But it is nice of you to say. Have a seat. Thank you, sir. I have not forgotten the debt I owe to you, Mr. Justice. For what you did for my son, I am a man of my word. Yes, sir. But you are not a man who likes being owed a favor. Not by a man like me, in any case. I try not to count on them, Mr. Kozar. Not all men take them as seriously as you do. Have you eaten? I'm fine, thank you. Are you certain? You look pale. I'm having a bit of a day, Mr. Kozar. You have maybe shot several people already this morning. How did you know? Your pistol reeks of it. You can maybe not smell it so much, but to me, it tells a tale. Also, I am Nikolai Kozar, and I know everything. You know about the bounty? I do. It is not such a big one. It's big enough, apparently. Any man that would make a try for that little money is not a man that will give you much trouble. Anybody can kill anybody, and I can't live my life in a state of cat-like readiness. I feel for you, Mr. Justice, but I cannot lift the bounty. It is not mine to cancel, nor do I know whose it is. I understand. This is not why you came to me. No, sir. I thought perhaps the day had come when you would at last allow me to balance our account. Perhaps it has, sir. Do you know a man named Frank Earlmaker? That spineless whelp. What does he have to do with this? I understand he messed up a job for you. That is a very kind choice of words. Well, it was his, so I'm not that surprised. He also does some work for Eddie Chan, who is acting as bagman for the bounty. And if I give Earl Maker's life to you, you will use it as leverage with him on Chen? Yes, sir. Are you certain you would not rather I deal with Chen for you? It would give me the greatest of pleasure to have that little rat squeezed until he pops. I have to admit, sir, your plan has a greater chance of success. But you would prefer to stick with your own terrible plan. Yes, sir. Because you are also trying to save Frank. Not exactly. Uh, Maybe. He's my client. Kind of. It's complicated. Because you make it complicated. Yes, sir. It's what I do. Yes, it is. Rulemaker's life is yours. Our debt is cancelled. When we meet again, I fear it will be as rivals. (laughs) I hope not, Mr. Kozar. As do I, Jack. For your sake, as do I. And so the stage was set for our ill-defined and largely improvised final act, and what we hoped would be a rousing finale and a not-unhappy denouement. Eddie Chan's headquarters was in the pool room of a bar on Gold Street near the bridge, the kind of place that didn't have a lot of walk-up traffic, or really any at all if you don't count the tribe of loosely affiliated scum who pulled down occasional duties working for Chan. My current levels of unwanted attention precluded me from playing a starring role, 
but we had an inside man. A terrible criminal with an awkward, hard-to-pronounce name who had a backstage pass to see the big man himself. The place looked deserted from across the street, but that could also have been a calculated effect. It actually seemed less dangerous once you realized that it was a front for a criminal gang. It certainly wasn't any place to send a lady, so it was lucky that I only brought Trixie. Ding dong! Hey, Eddie, you in? Hello, Frankie. You're looking well. Imagine my surprise. I... I don't know what you mean. I mean I thought Kozar's boys would have chopped you up for fish food by now. Yeah. (laughs) Just lucky, I guess. You don't have that kind of luck, Frank. You never did. Well, that's why I was so interested in the job you told me about. The job? The Jack Justice job. Jack Justice? Oh, Frank, you let that one go, huh? Jack Justice is out of your league. Well, who said? You're not a shooter, Frank. You never have been. You said it yourself. Shooters don't work for that little money. A bunch of guys who aren't shooters went after that bounty today, and none of them are feeling any too fresh right now. What makes you think you'd have any better luck? Because I got nothing to lose, I guess. And I got the right partner. Partner? Yeah, one sec. You can come in now. What is that smell? Is somebody under the floorboards, or is this some whole new level of funk I've never smelled before? Frank, I underestimated you. What are you doing going around with a piece like this? Mr. Chan, (laughs) no disrespect to your position or your place, but if you call me a piece again, I will have very little choice but to react in an appropriate manner until you will quite simply be dead. Who is this? This... (laughs) This is... Trixie Dixon, girl detective. Ah, you're Jack Justice's partner. I was, yeah. What is this? I'm here to collect the bounty on Jack Justice. What? Did I stutter? Frank, what is this circus? Straight up, Mr. Chan. It's the book on these two. Who hates Jack Justice more than anybody? I'm supposed to believe this? These two have been putting my boys in the ground all day. Don't exaggerate. And what could make a more perfect cover? I even got to give the cops a description of the guy who finally got Jack. So don't be surprised when you hear that police are looking for a six-foot Mexican shooter in evening dress. I thought I should come up with something that wouldn't match a description of any of your freelancers. So I'm going to hear this when? Maybe on the radio at the top of the hour. Maybe in the final edition. I don't expect to get paid until you do. I just didn't want any of your bottom feeders to get the claim in ahead of me. So you killed your partner? Ex-partner. And your new partner is Frank here. Frank gets a finder's fee. Enough to go to a foreign country and hide under a bed. After that, he's not my problem. Why does he need to do that? Uh, you know, Mr. Chan, sir, that, um, trouble with the Kozars. But that's all done, Frankie. Called off. Ain't you heard? Word started getting out an hour ago. Nikki Kozar ain't looking to talk to Frank Earlmaker no more. Is that a fact? It is a fact. One that I truly marveled at. I I guess maybe... Maybe I I didn't mess up as bad as people thought. Yeah. 
Maybe his cousin's hand grew back. Look, this is all very interesting, but it doesn't appear to be about me, so I don't care. Where are my manners? Would you like a drink, Miss Dixon? I couldn't say. I always have before, so probably yes. Is bourbon all right? Rye would be better, but anything you didn't ferment yourself will be an upgrade. I am sorry to keep you waiting for payment. The interested party who is bankrolling the job does not have the deepest of pockets and can ill afford to lose his bounty. So it's a he, at least. Forgive my natural curiosity. I was wondering who besides me hated Jack enough to have him killed. That I really could not say. Oh, we have nothing to do but wait. Indulge me. No, I mean it. I honestly could not say. Professional courtesy? No. There is no bounty on Jack Justice. Thank you. No sudden movement. What is this? I said the bounty was too small to get results. Too small to be bothered with. But that was when I was only getting a percentage as commission. Will you try making sense? You just said there was no bounty on Jack. There wasn't. But there was one on you. Oh, I hate everything today. It was lousy and spiteful, but work is what? This is idiotic. People were gunning for Jack all day. No, they weren't. Yes, they were. I was there. Oh, wait. I just got it. That's right. They were after you. I said I got it. What are you, the narrator? Frank? I'm going to kill you a hundred times. Yeah, I didn't... I am going to murder your ghost. That's how dead you're going to be. Frank didn't know. But I knew. Knew how deep he was in with Kozar against him. And that he might not be desperate enough to man up and pull the trigger. But he might just be brave enough to sell me out. She's right, Frank. You're a dead man. But, uh, but, uh, wait, uh... Oh hell. So I gave him the story backwards, and he brought you right to me. A dead duck. This is stupid. But effective. You can't argue with results. So, who's the creep with the shallow pockets who wants me dead? I suppose I can tell you now. He would want you to know. Harold Marcus. Harold Marcus? I have no idea who that is. You spurned his advances. I spurn a lot of people's advances. A lot. People think I'm indiscriminate, and it's simply not true. I just have nearly unlimited options and eclectic taste. Well, he took it seriously. No, I mean it. I have no idea who he is. Harold Marcus, little man, big eyebrows. Well, there's two strikes right away. Owns a picture house on Randall. Harold? I thought his name was Herman. He mentioned that. Apparently, that was part of the problem. The rest of the problem is that he was, and is, a creepy little freak with grabby hands who mistakes leering and drooling for banter and coy innuendo. Where the heck did he come up with 2500 bucks? It's his life savings. He gave you his life savings to see me dead? And now, you are. No, you are. What the? You! Don't try it, Chan. You want to shoot her. Ah! Everybody okay? I think so. Chan isn't. Well, he was going to kill you. And then he was going to kill the man I am currently pretending is our client. And he also shot at me, and you don't get to do that. Those shots will bring his boys in. They mostly ran off when I started the fire. The what? I was trying to smoke them out. It worked a little better than I thought. 
We should probably run away now. But, but what happens now? Now the bounty burns up and the contract on our dead duck dies with Eddie Chan. And then we go have a few words with my ardent admirer. Yeah, this is going to be kind of a disappointing day for him. And so it would be, dear friends, because not unlike a fairy princess, I was about to make Harold Marcus's wishes come true, in that he was about to become the sole object of my attention for a few hours, in a very different manner than he would have liked, I'm sure, unless he had some kind of torture fetish that I was unaware of. In any case, I felt certain that he would shortly see the error of his ways, and today, that, and possibly breaking his kneecaps and anything else that presented itself, was going to have to be good enough. Blackjack Justice, episode sixty-seven, "The Dead Duck," was written and directed by Greg Taylor and starred Christopher Mott and Andrea Lyons, with additional voices supplied by Gregory Z. Cook, Ryan Cero, and Greg Taylor. This recording and the story, characters, and situations depicted within are the property of their author and creator, and protected by copyright. Until next time, remember, decoderingtheater.com is your address to adventure. This is Jack Ward, and from everyone here at the Mutual Audio Network, we wish you all safety and protection during the COVID-19 outbreak. Join us as we listen and imagine, and together we'll make it through this. Please be safe.